1: In a Mississippi Minute, that's right. Welcome to a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar reminding us all uh, to follow state and federal guidelines right now. Trying times as we get back to the land of living. A little at a time following all these guidelines is important. You can go to visit Mississippi.org, check out all the cool, cool things we have to do right here. A lot of culture, a lot of history. And we're going to be talking to a guest today that uh, well has a lot to do with that as well. All right. You know, I love this thing, uh, doing a little series called uh, Women in Business. I dig what they do. But when they do the music business, like my business, I really dig it. Born in Brooklyn, New York, but somehow began her career at the tender age of four in Jackson, Mississippi, singing songs alongside her mother's, mother's own television show and various other musical television shows that aired on NBC subsidiary back in the day. Over a career spanning five decades, there are more than 30 million recordings sold around the world that include her incomparable voice. She performed alongside such legendary artists as the Rolling Stones, John Lennon, George Harrison, and numerous other well-known British rock stars, from the Broadway world to the Benny Hill Show, are you kidding, to working in production at London's renowned Olympic Studios, lending her voice to some of the greatest classic rock recordings ever, including the Rolling Stones' Can I Say Honky Talk Woman? Can I Say You Can't Always Get What You Want? John Lennon's Power to the People, Ringo Starr's It Don't Come Easy. Are you absolutely kidding me? Today we're rocking. We're talking rock and roll history, so let's uh, welcome into the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio the wonderfully talented and wonderful lady Nanette Workman. Hello, Nanette.
2: Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, I'm glad. So I called you a little earlier. Were you chasing one of your uh, your pooch, or what was going on outside?
2: Oh yeah, well, we've been we've been in a heat wave for a while up here, believe so it or not, in, uh, in, in Canada, in Quebec. So, but now it's it's getting getting nice now <laughs> but i mean our heat wave is probably nothing like yours
1: well i know I, mean, I know you spent time in mississippi and i want to talk about that but before how do you end up in canada what what you know from you know being born in in brooklyn end up in jackson i know you travel the world a lot of time in london but where does canada come in the mix
2: well i i had uh, i had been in new york uh doing a broadway show how to succeed in business without we really trying and um when I came off the road, because we went on the road with it, when I came back, I was uh, working in a couple of clubs singing, you know, with bands around, which, by, by the way, one of the bands, I didn't mention it, but one of the bands I sang with in the early, early days was the Young Rascals. I first for the time. Love it. But anyway, um, yeah, so I met a, a French Canadian guy one night in a club where I was singing, and he came and asked me to dance, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> After a couple of weeks I was in Quebec.
0: So. <laughs> well that's that's
1: how it happens, you know? That's how it happens. I love it. We're talking to Nanette Workman. All right, Nanette, you you're born in Brooklyn. Your folks, your mom in the in the in the business, uh, you're raised in the business. How do you guys end up in Jackson?
2: My mom, mom and dad were like on the road playing and uh at one point uh, they were they had a band and at one point they were in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi in South At the time, and I think I was four, four years old. And they really liked it. They loved Mississippi, and uh, so they decided to stay, and my dad wanted to go back to school to finish school so he could teach music. So they moved up to Jackson, and uh, he became a teacher eventually, and my mom worked at World Alliance for Music, and uh, I started a normal sort of life. At the time, you know, huh. going to school and doing like everybody else.
1: <laughs> so, so what was the show on TV and some of these shows you were doing? And was and what was I correct at four years old?
2: Wait a minute. Yeah, my mom was. My mom had a show called Easy k Notes. Oh, oh, what was it called? Wait a minute. It was called something else. Oh gosh. Uh, you uh, know, Notes and Novelties. I think that was the name of the show. It was at uh, Channel WBT. And um, I used to sing on there with her. And then there was a show called, it came on, called Mr. Magic. And with Hagen Thompson and, uh I think it was Hagen. Uh, you know this a long time ago, Steve. I mean, there's a lot of water and other stuff under that bridge since then. Um, <laughs> and I uh yeah. So I started performing on that show. I was singing every week uh, on the Mr. Magic show. And uh, then there was another show after that called Team Tempos, and I did that show. And then there was another show called Team Tempos. I did that one a junior time. Anyway, I I got through all of my school years, uh, um, mainly my junior high high school with uh, all those uh, TV shows, performing on those shows every week, you know.
1: Do you remember sort of the feeling of how did how did your students, you know, your your classmates take you because uh, you were sort of already on your on your way?
2: Oh, I don't know. I don't think they were that impressed. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I really don't remember. I really don't remember when I was in school. I did all the, the musical shows uh, in high school. Um, so uh, every year there was a new show put on. They did "Damn Yankees" and "Flower Drum Song," and I remember the other one. Uh... Anyway, wow. so I was always, I was always doing those shows. So I was constantly, you know, either on stage or whatever. It was just, it was. Um, this
1: is what I did. Oh. oh, no, I know. I get it. You know, it reminds me, I've had Becca Bramwitz sing on uh, quite a bit of my records in when I spent my 20 years in Nashville, but Bonnie Bramwitz. So it's your mom and and you, and you sort of this genetic uh, continuation of history. A lot of history made with them. A lot of history made with you and your mom. Um, yeah. So, so you go and you... So do you go off to college? I mean, do you go study? Because I know that there's this theatrical side to you. Yeah, I
2: graduated high school, I went to the University of uh, Southern Mississippi in Habsburg.
1: Okay. All right.
2: For um, the first semester, mainly, until uh, the the, uh, holidays in in December. And then my mom uh, had a a cousin in New York City's own big, big well-known restaurant, and uh, she. Uh, wanted to know if um, I could if he could, pay, if I could, stay somewhere where he knew because she was worried about me going to the big city if I was going up there to audition for a scholarship to go to Juilliard. So when I got up there, I auditioned. And I passed the audition, but I didn't get the scholarship, and we weren't uh, you know, financially uh, well off enough to send me to a school like that. So I was just going to stay another week and have a little vacation and come back to school and mm-hmm. university. But I had an ch- opportunity to audition for a show through my through my uncle who was a good friend of Ruby Valley at the time and he had a show on, on Broadway called How to Succeed in Business without so we really trying and uh, mm-hmm. the leading lady they needed an understudy for her. So I auditioned for it and uh, I, I got it so <laughs> I never went back to school. Wow. I stayed there and was the beginning of uh, a
1: long road. For me. Wow. I mean, you know, you know, both of us being in the business and stuff, and I look back and I'm, I'm you know, I'm 56 now, and and I, and I've been doing this since I was. Well, I wanted it. I, I swear, I think I wanted it at 10, but you know, obviously, there's a, a dream. I didn't have my first hits until my my mid 30s. Um, and but I'm still doing the, doing that, and it's just been the most interesting. You. I love how you say, well, you just, there it was, and then you've never looked back. Uh, and now mm-hmm. the music business, obviously the arts in general, Broadway, everything that you and I both represent and have spent our careers, just such a mess right now, right? I mean, it's uh, mm-hmm. nobody working in this. You're, you're talking about yeah. a lot of lives, more than just the people that actually entertain. Obviously, there's all this trickle down yeah. or trickle up. Yeah, that's a real so, shame because yeah. I'm not going sure to
2: ever get back to what it was but it'll be something different and uh you know it is what it is my dad always said that you know so you just go with the flow make the best of it and try not not to let it uh disrupt your joy you know don't don't get in my joy because I'm joyful and uh I want to stay that way, and yeah. just, that's all.
1: <laughs> positive. Positive thinking, the land of Mississippi. We're with Nanette Workman. Incredible story. I want to get into the whole Mick Jagger and the Stone. I want to get into all of it and and, and dig more into your career in the next segment. You're in the Mississippi Minute in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Uh, women in business, I dig what they do. This is it. This is what it's all about. Go to visitmississippi.org because I dig what's going on there. The blues trail, the country music trail, all these markers. You can just go from one to the other, have a great meal somewhere, cool town. We'll be right back. I'm Steve Azar. folks for over 75 years guarantee bank has been committed to meeting the financial needs of their customers and communities even during this challenging time that commitment remains the same they're always there to serve your everyday banking needs answer your questions offer support and get through this together guarantee bank member fdic
0: Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Supertalk Mississippi.
1: Steve Azar, go to visitmississippi.org to find out all the wonderful things you can do from short drive, especially now. A good opportunity to see all that we have to offer is so much. You know, I grew up down the street from the land of Jim Henson and the Muppets, and that says it all. Says it all. All right, we're with Nanette Workman. Women in business, I dig what they do, especially when she's in the music business. Uh, just amazing story in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Okay, she's in Canada now, but she spent a lot of her time in Mississippi, uh, in southern Mississippi for a moment until she landed. Okay, so you land your Broadway gig as an understudy. Um, uh, you're, talking, you're talking your career spans, the Pat Boone Show, Benny Hill. I mean, all of these... <laughs> I just love the fact that first of all you and I both know a lot of our songwriter pals and that we've gotten to know in, in life they're very witty and very unique. Obviously, uh you have a great wit and you've got uh but you also have a theatrical side, but you've also got the real gritty side. The you know that seems to be the opposite of everything. So when you go from Rolling Stones uh, and rock, You're talking rock and roll history and the songs that you sang on to Broadway. Was there any sort of uh, transition or, or you, did you have to turn into somebody else or were you just being well, yourself? I, I
2: have to tell you now, I have to tell you now I started in Broadway but I did not that, that didn't last long because uh, as I told you after, after that I came to Canada with um, a guy named Tony Roman who was a um, big star here and a recording artist and he recorded uh, with me, and I had a, a, a few hits here on their charts. And I stayed in Quebec for a while until I went to London, England. Then I, I'll take you in, in in the in the order that it was because. Great. I didn't just jump from Broadway to to, to Rock and Roll uh, era. It happened, uh, you know, happened on the way. There's a lot of stuff happened on the way there. But, uh, and, and it was every, so many different stages. It's like, it's different people. It's still me, but it was like I was different people in all, the, in all those times uh, when I was singing in England and, and recording there. I, I was not the same person I was when I was in New York. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to really describe it to you, but uh, uh, it was a whole different kind of life as well, the rock and roll life. I mean, I was, Seriously, a part of it uh, for many, 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 many years, and um, I was lucky to have survived that. (laughs) (laughs) But I did, and uh, (laughs) uh, that good sense my mama taught me came through finally, and uh, I went, Whoops, okay, I've got to move on to something else now, which I did. So, but uh, I always stayed in the. Rock. I'm, I'm a rock and roll. I'm a rocker. So, that's well, there's you know, proof is
1: in proof is in the. Proof is in the rock, uh, in, yeah. Well, there's no doubt about that. Uh, let me ask you something real quick. Do you know uh, my pal Sean Murphy? So Sean was in the Silver Bullet Band, uh, sang on a lot of Clapton stuff like Layla, uh, but but uh, I just wonder if y'all crossed paths at all during time because I'm
2: not sure. I'm not sure. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff on the bridge, so.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. there's
2: times, these times in my life that are very, <laughs> that are kind of cloudy. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So,
0: yeah.
1: Well, there's certain women in in history that that have these voices that come along like yours, and she's got one. I mean, well, his, you know, history these great records, and you're going, who is that with Bob Seger, or who's that with Mick Jagger, or who's that? You know, you know what I'm saying? And because. Yeah it's just uh there's an explosion happening around <laughs> and you and it's it's you ladies i mean there and there's just not many women that it w- that it work with it just doesn't work so i mean you're, it's such a special elite group that you've you know a very small club that you've uh still to this day um anyway all right so how do we end up with the Roland, how do you end up in London first at the Olympic Studios? All
2: right, well, I was I went to London because I had I had a big show here in, in Montreal at the uh, Expo '67. I had a, a, a weekly show with the CBC, and uh, I was hosting with uh, Tony Mellman. And there was a man, Mr. Richard Armitage, who was here from London, who had seen the show, contacted Tony, and asked him if uh, he would send me to London that he wanted to record me. So um, Tony sent me to England, and um, I just like like when I went to New York, I just I didn't come back. I got over there, I started working. I loved it. I mean, I was doing sort of you know nightclub kind of standard kind of songs with this with this man Armitage, but at the same time I was I. Had, in studio, I'd met a lot of people, and I was asked to do back vocals, and I was starting to do back vocals. I worked with Sue Sonny that worked with Joe Cocker, and then um, I met Madeline Bell and Darsh Troy that were working uh, a big, a lot, a lot, a lot of those back vocals. I mean, I, I sang with literally just about everybody that that was at that time that was um, <clears throat> that was recording you know uh, like the, the Zeppelin guys and all those I was always in the studio with everybody and uh, wow. one day I was um, in the studio working with Chris kimsey um who was who became the uh, who became the uh engineer for the stones eventually no it wasn't Chris it was uh, before Chris and i'm trying to get my time. That's all right. Going straight now, but uh, yeah, I was taking like I was I was being I was like a tape jockey, you know. I, I would run all the little machines for him while he was working, and because uh, I wanted to learn uh, the recording. That's so cool. Technical recording business of it as well, so I could be in more control of what I was doing.
1: That is and, okay. Uh, I want to just stop for a second because that is that was the pivotal moment in my career. When I decided to take that, because it helped my writing, it helped every aspect, and I I sort of dodged it for a long time, but I found myself, truly found myself, and it started to work out for me after I decided to take that part on. Because the writing process was still, you know, understanding the technical side. You just said it. You could control more of what you were, and you could become you could become more honest. I mean, it was just it was more compelling. So, uh, just hearing well, you say like, that was really cool. Know,
2: it's like knowing music. I exactly, mean, if you know music, and you read music, and you understand music. Then, then instead of just being a singer in front of a band, you are part of the band because you understand what we right. are doing as musicians, and you're a musician, so. Therefore, you you have more control of what's going on behind you as well as what you're doing.
0: Yeah, you know?
1: incredible difference it made. Yeah, so I totally yeah. agree. All right, so so here you are. You're you're, you're learning about all the technical sides and yeah. and what I are was you with just?
2: With Dick Smith. Okay, I was in the studio with Dick Smith, and Dick was the, the engineer for the Stones at the time. And uh, we were just in the afternoon, and somebody called and said, they said that one of the singers um, that did back vocals for them was sick and needed a replacement, so Vic told me I should go in the it, and then I did with, um, with the Madeline Bell and Doris Roy and we did, uh, you can't always get what you want. Wow. And after that, then he asked me if I would come back and do, um, because he liked, because I had a real serious southern accent at the time, <laughs> and, uh, and in England it really stuck out, um, but, um, he asked me if I would come back and do, uh, another song, so I went back and did, the Country Honk, and, uh, Honky Tonk Women. And if you listen to Country Honk, Country Honk, it says, uh, I met a barroom Queen in Jackson (laughs) because he knew I was from Jackson. So that's how that was. And then after that, I just, just, it just didn't stop. I was doing Back vocals all the time, and I just really love it. I love singing harmonies, oh. and, and you know, I, I, I love
1: doing it. So. so, so back in the day when, when these records are being recorded, you know, what was Mick and, and, and the guys, Keith and everybody, like? I mean, just and this isn't about them, but just re, did your relationship sort of grow? Did you get to stay in contact? No, did you do it was live very shows?
2: We only, we only, I, I never went on the road with them or anything, it was only studio work, it was very professional, and, uh, you know, when they're in studio, they're, you know, I, they don't goof around, I mean, they're, they're, they're serious musicians, and uh, it, uh, it was always on a professional basis, always. Right. I, I learned a lot by, by working with people like that, too, I learned a lot about myself and uh, about the music, and.
1: How about who was the most you ever were were comfortable with? Or maybe the relationship, you know, went beyond Mm -hmm. just the studio.
2: I would say it would be Peter Frampton. Uh, we did an album. He produced the album and played on it. Really good album. It came. It never really got released. It was released like there's like seven copies of it. Bootleg copies all over the
1: place. Nanette Workman, she's you're as sweet as you can be. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out all the cool stuff like Nanette. Uh, you know she's she's part of Mississippi's history that took it to the rest of the world. Like so many greats. Uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, Nanette. While we're talking about that. You get to play DJ, and since you are in Canada right now, and you have been in London and France, you've traveled the world, but you are a Mississippi girl, uh, you get to play DJ. So, being the birthplace oh, of dear. American music, would you like to hear B.B. <laughs> King or Muddy Waters into the break? Gee yes. Yeah. I
2: love them both. Let me hear some B.B. King.
1: You got it. You got it, Nanette Workman. I want to throw a quick shout-out to my man Bob Raymond for connecting us. Bob, I appreciate you. Don't go nowhere. We'll be
0: hey, right back. Hey, Bob. I love you.
1: We love you, Bob. We love you.
0: Feeling down? In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm with Nanette Workman.
1: Unbelievable rock and roll history. And Mississippi can claim a whole lot of her, especially growing up in the wonder years, her wonder years. uh, The influence of uh, this great place, uh, obviously for me. Hers was a lot of genetic, like I said. She had a lot of that because yeah. a talented mom. Mine, mine was totally uh, through osmosis, being around great people like Eugene Powell, and, uh, Sonny Boy Nelson, etc. There's so many uh, people that let me hang. Uh, little Milton, how good he was to me as a kid. Just so many people. Just they were positive. I'm, I think more than anything, they were just positive, like you can do it. You know what I'm saying, Nanette? You're in the Keep Missing yeah. Beautiful studio. I'm with beautiful Nanette Workman. Women in business, especially music business, I dig what they do, series I'm doing. Uh, just woke up one morning and started thinking it's time to lift up women more and more because that's that's what we should be doing, like I lift up my bride every day. All right, go to
0: business
2: I want Ms. to tell you who, who was a big influence for me. Yeah. they probably, besides my mother, who was an enormous influence, and she was my rock. Like I'm probably going to be here today. She hadn't really been behind me and supported me and made me do all the things that she knew I could do. But my musical my, my musical influence, my biggest musical influence when I was a little girl, was a lady named Jessie Lee Hicks. And she was a woman that practically raised me and my brother because my, my mom had her working all the time. So she... The, she took care of us, and she was singing gospel all the time. And she could cook. My mom could not cook at all, but Jesse could cook. So I learned. I learned my cooking skills from her. Mm. And listening to her singing gospel all day. I mean, it was just it was a wonderful influence for me. And it, it I think it it got me started. You know, yeah. into the all the roots, the roots, the the roots for the blues. I mean, the blues is like. The root of music—it's like the soup bone, you know. And the soup, there's a lot of, a lot of vegetables in the soup, but there's only one bone. And I, I really believe that that whole thing right there started yeah.
1: with gospel and blues, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I was semi-raised by a wonderful lady named Johnny Lee Washington, and she's in my, she's featured in one of my songs down at the liquor store, uh, off one of my last records. And um, I finally got to sort of articulate just how vivid. Uh, her, the, what she left in my mind, um, you know, just, uh, some of the things that she'd do every day, but I spent all my time with her growing up and, uh, and she'd cook and, uh, and as well, and just being around her, I mean, it changed my life, you know? And the interesting thing, Nanette, when it was so crazy, 20, well, so it was 30 years later when, so I was a little boy and she was, she was really suffering, uh, and and an older in age, and I brought my two boys over, and my my one son was around four, 15, fifteen at the time, my younger son, and we walked in her house, and she had a picture. Uh, she had she had Jesus behind her and me, a picture of me. But uh, I mean, come on! And I was like, oh my god! So I'm in there. It was the most beautiful thing, and my and my boys. I wanted to meet meet her because you know they were born and mostly raised in Nashville before we moved them back to the Delta, and so. Uh, she kept. She didn't know who I was, but she kept my younger son and I apparently are spitting image of each other, and she kept looking at him and so basically calling him out as Steve. So she could only recollect me as a young kid, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. at, at the health, it, you know, she was, and it was it was a very moving moment. Um, it was uncomfortable for him because he's like, oh my god, because she was reaching out to him, you know, because <laughs> and it, it just it was so moving because. You know, those are the moments in life you just you just go, oh, my gosh, how important. There's no chance I'm ever who I am. I'm probably not as tough as I am as far as handling losses and, and getting banged up in the business. You know what I'm saying? The roller coaster ride you get on, and, and it's a beautiful roller coaster ride. Trust me, it's gorgeous. I love it all. But learning how to cope with the, the, the failures and, and the missteps and then the victories feel so sweet. But there's no way I'd do it if I don't have her around. There's just no way. And my mom was the other one. She was a lot like that as well. So you talk about your mom. Sounds like we both had two women in our lives that were not going to let us uh, turn around and go backwards. You know? And that's yeah. just so
2: cool. Yeah, well, yeah. we are very fortunate. I believe yeah. that.
1: All right, so working with, with uh, the Benny Hill Show. So talk to me about that because I'm, you know— I don't want to say I'm a big fan, but I spent years watching because you, you can't help it. So how do he was you end a funny up?
2: funny man, wasn't he? <laughs> man,
1: he's funny. British yeah. humor is just so good.
2: I know. It's crazy. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, you know what? I, I, I do this show often, but I cannot pinpoint anything in particular. I mean, I was uh, it was part of a promo thing that I was doing because I had done an album with Norman Newell who's the producer of uh, of uh, what's her name now? Let me get her name here. Oh boy, here we go. Having a senior moment.
1: Uh, I have a lot of senior moments. Hey, right so do I. What are we talking? Uh, don't worry. This is a Mississippi minute. Where you know we're this is all- senior moments are like you know they're they're almost uh, mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> right. a mandatory.
2: Right. He was a very well-known producer. I didn't now, but. So that was part of uh, the whole thing with with Benny Hill, and uh, not only, but also, um, uh, what's their names, too? Okay, anyway, it was all part of the tour that I was doing for the album, so I was singing the songs, you know. Oh, wow, I love it. Like you do, so. Yeah, all
1: right, let me, okay, Pat Boone days.
2: The same thing, uh, I was promoting an album uh, when I went to do the Pat Boone show, I was promoting an album that I had. on, uh, gosh,
1: who did I do that in my life You did. A, so, all right, let's jump to uh, your. I want to talk about your solo career. Um, okay. it, it was was your solo career more uh, successful, I guess, uh, in the, say, s- uh, late 70s, mid late well, 70s? When I came back, yeah, when I came back from France, because uh, I had recorded in France, toured with Holiday
2: for a couple of years over there. And uh, after the English, after the Am I Did with Peter? Then I came back to uh, Quebec. I was uh, kind of uh, messed up a little bit because I was just, just messed up. Uh, it was those days, of, those crazy days we do things that are not to our advantage, but it's part of part of growing up and part of life, and uh, I don't regret in any of it. But I came back to Quebec, and I saw, uh, what is that? who did I start with? Oh, yeah. So I was with another guy called Andrew Finaldi, who we were writing songs together, and I wound up with a an, uh, um, producer, <laughs> excuse me, producer in in Quebec, my uh, Martin. Martin, Martin uh, gosh, hello. You, you're doing this to me like.
1: That's uh, all right. You know, you know that's fine.
2: <laughs> I should have offered some notes or something. I'm trying no, to. No, I'm, I'm glad you don't have
1: any notes. The show wouldn't make any sense if you had notes. Trust me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, we did some songs. I can. We love songs, really good stuff. I like, There was no disco in Quebec at the time, and uh, Eve was in New York, uh, looking up some songs, and he heard uh, this song called "Lady Marmalade" by the the girls that did it. There. Uh, what's your name?
1: I remember uh, the song, and I'm gonna get now. So you're gonna you're gonna call me out <laughs> <want> on it now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, not the point, of history, but it was another gang like that. It wasn't, and it wasn't,
1: like, a, it used to. uh, it uh, wasn't, uh, 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 Patty uh LaBelle. Donna Summer,
2: Patty LaBelle, Patty
1: LaBelle. LaBelle, yeah, 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 LaBelle, yeah, yeah,
2: LaBelle, LaBelle, LaBelle. yeah. So, anyway, uh, he brought the song back because it hadn't been released yet, it was still unreleased in the States. So, he brought it back. He says, Hey, you guys got to do this song, you're gonna have a big hit with it, but it's got to be done in French. So, uh, uh, Angelo and I wrote the French lyrics and we did it in French, it was huge, it was like a huge hit here, because in the beginning they wouldn't play it on the radio because of the word of the which means, you know, yeah. you know what it means. So, <laughs> so that was even better because it was so controversial. Yeah. They went out finally. finally. did get played and we just worked for years on that and we did three albums together in three years and uh, it, just, it just went forward from there and I just I didn't stop and my, I think the last album I did was
1: in 2007 the last one called Just Getting
2: Started I love that, that maybe, no, maybe it's later than that gee I don't
1: I, you know mm. I love the title I love that because I think
2: it's later
1: that's what yeah. we are We are, I feel like I'm just getting started I mean I really do wow. I feel like uh, you know uh, uh, when I came home I wasn't sure I was gonna I mean I'm about to be on my third record since moving back and I, I just I'm About to release that, and I just feel like there's been a whole new sort of, you know, after 20 years in Nashville, there's just been all this new inspiration of coming back and seeing home in a whole different way. You know what I'm saying? And so, anyway, it's just, you know, after you become a parent and you've raised raising kids, and most of the time I was on the road, so I I was I was home 80 percent of the time. I mean, sorry, 20 percent of the time. So I, I don't have a lot of, I don't get a lot of credit for raising our kids until I got back to Mississippi and figured out get off the bus and and be able to fly to shows um yeah. which allowed me to move home so I really got to know them uh a little bit later uh and I'm glad I'm glad I was able to because just I had to make a choice or they were going to go you know you know dad was the guy that yeah, came course. in that, mean, yeah yeah, yeah. Came in and threw I, I, the party. I was
2: late with my boy too. My boy's thirty-two. Yeah. And uh, I had him late in life, and uh, I decided to have him because uh, if I didn't, you know, the clock was running out. And I said, "Well, I'm going to have a child," <laughs> and his daddy had a really, his, his father was a really nice man. I mean, we had still plans and everything, and and uh, he's a really good father. So you know, I mean, we didn't. Get married or live together or anything, but he was a great father for, for Jesse, and so we just had a really good upbringing in spite of you know my my crazy
1: life. Yeah, uh, well, your crazy life has led to greatness. Go to visit mississippi.org because I dig what's going on there the blues trail, the country music trail, all these markers. You can just go from one to the other, have a great meal somewhere, in a cool town. We'll be right back. I'm Peter.
0: A Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Steve Azar, go to visitmississippi.org to find out all the wonderful things you can do from short drive, especially now. Uh, a good opportunity to see all that we have to offer is so much. All right, we're with Nanette Workman. Women in business, I dig what they do, especially when she's in the music business. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely think they've chosen to be more like their mother, which has has all the sense in the world, their sensibility and, and all this. But uh, yeah, I'm sometimes they uh, uh, they look at me and I think they're going like, who are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I get it. Oh, Nanette, n- Nanette, don't act like, don't act like you can be the only one that feels that way. Cause I'm right there okay, and you're yes, we're in the same uh, boat. I'm, I'm not.
2: I mean, there's a lot of people in the business who didn't raise their
1: own children because they were on the road all
2: the time. Yeah, no, so I know. I know. It's a choice, you
1: know? No, it is. It is. All right. Let me ask you just before we get off, uh, maybe, uh, First of Are all, you going like,
2: to play some of my music on your show?
1: Are you saying what?
2: Are you going to play some some of my tunes on your I'll show? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. They
1: they job. usually play my tunes and we're going to throw my tunes in the gutter and in, in this show. Ah. We're going to play all of your tunes during this show.
0: No. <laughs> yes, no. we are. So, Maybe a couple of them
2: off the last album was really good. You know what I did? Because uh, I had a record company here, but they weren't very they didn't have like a long view of, of things, so I, I uh, sent out about three or four hundred, mailed out about three or four hundred of my CDs to radio stations all over the state. I had a whole list of stations that I could send them to. And believe it or not, I mean, uh, really, I'd I get, I get reports like, uh, you know, because you, you, you get a little royalty when, when this stuff is played. And uh, I would get reports like, actually, I was playing here and there in all different places and never really. Went promoted
1: or anything. Yeah. I just did the mailing hoping that maybe they, you know, play some of the stuff. Isn't that weird? Nice. I, <laughs> I love well, a lot And Listen, people do that. But. Well, folks, people don't understand. Those are the little things that, look, I'm telling you, it's, if you're, nobody cares about your career more than you. And it's interesting the, some of the things that I've done in my career that people, if they, they just don't know how hard you work and some of the, Things but like it's you not just your sit.
2: career, Steve, It's not your career. It's your, it's your life, exactly. You it's your exactly. Life. It's your life thing. I mean, that's what you do. It's,
1: that's yeah. who you
2: are. It's yeah. not a career,
1: really. Listen, I've got a song. So my song in a Mississippi called Mississippi Minute that it just lived on a record, right? On one of my records, mm-hmm. and I wrote it years ago, and I just it's just been sitting there, right? So I finally have a radio show. So I love. I always see every song that I write as as a kid and and a child. And I have to give it a home of some type. So bless this song's heart, if it's got one. It ended up being a radio show, but the beauty is I get to spend a Mississippi minute with you, and I, I can't thank uh-huh. you enough for taking the time. And uh, and COVID or not, if I was with you right now, I'd be giving you a big hug. Oh, okay. Well, I will send you a virtual hug. I love How'd it. I well, one day we're gonna get together, good Lord's willing, and we're gonna sing. We're gonna get do do something on stage, and I, I want to thank Bob again for. Bob Raymond, thank you for connecting us because I feel like you've given me a new friend. Nanette, thank you so much.
2: Do you know I had the Nanette Workman French house? He told
1: you that, huh? Yes, he told me some things. Listen, I met him basically through Facebook. I mean, he sent me a message. And so he was just so so engaging. So you never met him? I haven't physically met Bob yet.
2: Oh, you got to meet him. He's a great guy. I just love him.
1: Yeah, well, he was. He... I
2: mean, I, we got together because he was at a concert once here and he was holding up a big, uh, a big, uh, sign. Uh, and I can't remember exactly what it said, but he says, I'm from Mississippi or something like that. <laughs> And
1: I met him after, and we, we were friends ever since. I love it. That's and fantastic. I, just love him. I love it. Well, we, Bob, thank you, brother, for connecting us. Thanks for listening. And uh, you've been in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Women in business, I dig what they do, especially when they're talking music and especially Nanette Workman. Go to visit org to find out all the great history. You can find it out right here, and great road trips are just uh, just a second away. All the great things you can do right here, trust me. From Jim Henson, uh, the BB King Blues, mu- all these great museums: the Delta Blues Museum in Clarksdale, the Grammy Museum in Cleveland. Uh, we can make our way to the Civil Rights Museum. We can go to the Max and Meridian. The list goes on and on. You can see a Delta sunset, and you can see Clarksdale Clarksdale, come on! That's my mom's from on Highway sixty one.
2: I, I was in Clarksdale. I played at the uh, I played at the uh, uh, Ground Zero.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah. well, Mor- Morgan helped put me on the map with one of my songs, "Waiting on Joe." He he was in my music video when I when I first broke. It was my second uh-huh. hit, and uh, and we became pals, and he's he's a, he's a dear friend. I love him with all my heart. So he's been a blessing for uh-huh. sure. It's been a blessing for sure. All right, Nanette, we'll talk to you later. We love you. Blessings, uh, Nanette Workman. In a Mississippi Minute, I'm Steve Azar. We had a good one. We'll see you later. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. I'm still
0: trying to find
1: my way. Hey, folks, Steve Azar here. My friends at Guarantee Bank, are setting the standard in banking. Guarantee Bank is committed to excellence in financial services and their delivery to strengthen the communities they serve and help improve the quality of life for those all-important areas. So make your reservation today. Their doors are open. Just schedule your appointment and reserve your spot prior to visiting them at GBTonline.com. The entire team of Guarantee Bank are committed to serving you and keeping you and their staff Safe during these unprecedented times. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.